TLDR, you guys are awesome. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to episode 137 of uh, Change My Mind podcast. I'm, of course, Wesley Sykes through the other side of the ether is the Michael J. White, my Peter Dinklage, Mr. Nicholas J. S. Fryer, mathematician for hire. I don't know what you're exactly going for there with the Michael J. White to my Peter Dinklage, but I don't hate that. I don't know. I, I was just trying to pick two random names there. I thought Peter Dinklage was a funny name out when I was going through it. And uh, two names are at least related to the topic uh, that, that we're discussing today, of course. But they, they Peter Dinklage, I, I don't know if that's like a stage name. I was thinking about this like, just as I, I was coming across yeah. our, our show script here. Or if that's his real name. But for a little person to be named anything related to Dink um, is it's very tough. Yeah, that that I never thought really of that. Awesome. So I guess his name is Peter Hayden Dinklage. Yeah, it's his real name. I, I I don't know. That's that. Yeah, I don't know. What are the odds of that? I don't know. I'm sure they have actually have statistics on that sort of thing. But um, yeah, that's that's wild stuff here. Yes, but of course we, we bring up those names because this week uh, with, with them too, let there be carnage, uh, starring Tom Hardy coming out this weekend. Uh, and of course we we did a rewatch vault of Venom One. Uh, last week, so check the archives there. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at actors who've played multiple comic book roles, Nick. Yes, multiple very excited. Very excited for this one. And and there, I forgot to make a note on this, but there are some characters who or actors who have taken on like three roles. And I'm I'm always interested when I hear like someone takes on a third one because I think I mean that's that's a lot. Like it's one thing if you go and play one Marvel, one DC, or like one of the big two, and then you go to like an indie movie or whatever, or indie comics movie, I should say. That's that's different. But when you get there a third time around, like we have one guy who's been in the DC twice, and, and um, that's kind of on the outside of our top ten. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. more when we get there. But it's just, I think that's a lot, and I love that. I love actors who want to be in as many comic book movies as they can. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. We have a little rankings here. I believe it's our top twenty-one. Uh, that's yeah, nice, nice odd rankings here, if I'm not mistaken. We got some mm-hmm. ties peppered in as well. Uh, but yes, yeah, very, very interesting. We'll talk about what weighted everything. I think. Uh, volume, certainly, uh, bang for your buck, two big things that we kind of uh, weighted here as we, we went through our decisions. But before we get to that, Nick, um, how would you define someone that is handy? Handy is or handy? Han- handsy? Well, handsy, that would just be uh, the Cuomo brothers, am I right? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but, that, is a, that is an interest. That's a fair point. That's um, topical. But, uh, okay, so handy, I would say, okay. I'd say there are a different like there, maybe if you put it on a spectrum, there are some people who are like handy and they just they don't they don't that's not their job. They don't like go and they're not like a carpenter or anything to that end and they or right, they're not getting paid to do that. But they can do all those different they 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 have knowledge about it. But then also on the, like a lower end of that spectrum is somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily have that knowledge, but is able to kind of learn that stuff on the fly. Like they have like that kind of instinct, I guess. Okay, so I, I guess the line for me is like, do you have to watch YouTube videos to execute something? 
or can you just do it right that's mm, that's that yeah that when you start well i mean there, i would imagine there's some people who can't do youtube video stuff either to us but yeah well no but i mean like if you have to watch a youtube video to do a project right you're probably not the handsy person right no i would say you're probably not handsy I, but I, I think the people who are worse than that so if you're if that's what you are if that's what you're trying to tell me then you're not that there's worse than you yeah, like, can you – are you handy? Like, can you put together, you know, your, your Ikea furniture, your Target uh, bookcases and stuff like that that come with the directions and the little uh, hand hand wrench kits and all that stuff? Yeah, I can do that kind of stuff. But, like, one thing where I had to look for on YouTube for was, like, I had to replace um, – I don't know if it was my brake light or my hazard light. Oh no, that's the same light. But either way, mm -hmm. see, see, but, like, I had to watch a YouTube video to be able to do that. But I did right. that. So – but that is something that, that's good to know in the, a really cheap fix that, that you know the auto body will bend you over like that. Because like, I'm just like, I want to change the thermostat over to a digital one. We have an old school crank one in, in the house now. And I want to get a nice digital touchscreen one. Got that. Now I just have to install it, and I'm like a lot of wires involved that shut down the power and stuff. I think I can do it, but I probably should watch a YouTube video just to do it. Like I can follow the directions. That's where I'm at. So I wouldn't consult, consider myself handy. Okay, I'm well, willing and I'm excited to do things, which I think are two things that take, you know, will go a long way. Yeah, you're willing and able to learn, of course, that, that makes a huge difference. But I, I hope so. I think that that's something where, like, when you say, okay, I have to watch a YouTube video for that, that's even, that's a lot. That's, I mean, that you're dealing with electrical stuff there at that point. I think that, like, just say, like, you're not handy because you can't do something like that. I think a lot of people who know shit about being hand, like, handy. Now, now I'm making. I know I, I've come to say that a couple times. Um, yeah. But like now, like I think that's a little bit different. So if you can't do that, I wouldn't necessarily like say no. You're not handy, Wes. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm willing to learn. I'm trying to become uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor here. We are going to be installing, uh, you know, the own our own floors in the kitchen and doing our own uh, install and demolition and, uh, of of our kitchen cabinets and all that stuff. So, so you're going to really appreciate this before we get into training now. So, Lauren, her dad, mm -hmm. he used to be a mechanic, and then he started his own business, and he is a he's a repairman, like all all this kind of stuff, right? His yeah. name is tom tyler so his business his business is tom the tool man tyler oh i love that if it's a home improvement it's got the two two level home there it's all written like that That's i think i don't i think it's written home improvement i don't think he uses a logo i imagine you run into issues with that but that was actually lauren's idea for him and like for his, his business name i don't think she gets any royalties though which is kind of bullshit yeah, it probably all trickles down one way or another, though. So ah. good for her on that one. I, I will say, uh, speaking of wives and speaking of funny names uh, about handy men, um, there is – I know, we're maybe, maybe not the best one, but my wife, she <laughs> is uh, redoing the studio, um, and, and part of that is getting the bathroom redone. So she's – this guy that she knows who comes into the restaurant that she works at is a retired, I don't know, finance guy, whatever, retired from his job. They're very well off. He doesn't have to do anything. He just likes doing these like handy projects for fun. Yeah, this is that's like mm -hmm. how he spends his time. So he's offered to do the grouting and the tiling of the floor for uh, her new studio. His name, big Italian guy, Joe Fix It. No way. Yeah, I swear to God. Just like that's that's the incredible hole, right? It, yeah. He went out to Las Vegas and became like a hitman for hire. Yes, yes, that's amazing. Joe Fixing, get out. How is that a that's a last Hey, it's Joe Fixing. Hey, I'm here, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that there's I cannot believe that's a real name. Fix it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's not his last name, but that's you know what he's uh, oh. going by when he hands a card and stuff like that. He's, he's doing oh. Okay, you got me excited. All right, well, no, bye. no, not the last name. It wasn't. That's not a surname. Oh, okay. Well, he might be able to. Yeah, he might actually get in trouble then if he's using that for his uh, business name. But I digress. That's true. Yeah. Well, actually, I think you bring up a good point here as we as we head over to uh, trending now. And I got a cool little thing here that I, I saw someone loaded up here. One second. Okay. Wait. wait. Whoa! That the week that was. Uh, I don't know what that was, but that was loaded up here for some reason. So thank you for whoever did that. Nice. Um, you're talking about lawsuits. Uh, Marvel is under uh, under the gun here, of course, with uh, you know some of the heirs to the um, Avenger character throne suing mm-hmm. Marvel Comics for the rights and, and maybe some royalties of these characters. This is the thing when you do, when you talk about the big two, like you have these creators and everything and they come up with the stuff, but then once it's created under the Marvel or DC umbrella, they lose it. But like, I don't, when it, when it comes to like maintaining rights and whatever, that whole kind of thing is confusing. But in general, like, it's I can I'm surprised that we don't see things like that happen more often where it's like the the, the creators try and fight to maintain some semblance of the right or get some set like some piece of the pie because like when you like what is it the uh, the guy who created uh, it's Ed Brubaker I believe who created Winter Soldier like who or who reimagined Bucky as Winter mm-hmm. Soldier he has not seen a dime for the Winter Soldier movie or for Falcon and the Winter Soldier none whatsoever it was long before the idea of intellectual property right became a thing it's like how do you copyright those type of thing and those ideas and that that type type of stuff but what's interesting is i think in the lawsuit if i read this correctly is that the people the lawyer who was representing the families what was the same lawyer who represented the families on behalf of these DC uh, uh, creators, comic book creators, years ago when they were going up against DC Comics, and the lawyer that is representing Marvel is the same lawyer who fought and won against this lawyer on DC Comics like 25 years ago. Oh shit! To, like Batman and everything, so it's yeah a rubber match, if you will, of these two lawyers moving from DC now now to Marvel. And I, I think you know if you if you follow the Casey Walsh's of the world and uh, yes. you know the Daniel Rickmans and all that type of stuff, they'll, they'll, they'll say this is all just kind of nothing really new, nothing really to see here. It's all going to mm-hmm. probably get settled. Marvel's going to hold on to the characters. They're not going to lose anybody. The, the movies aren't going to not get made anymore. They, these people will probably be compensated on a, a settlement deal, hush hush, sign right. some you know NDAs, and then, and then the, everyone will go on with their lives, right? Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Because I mean, what, what can you really do at this point? I, in the Batman one, though, I will say that was interesting, and I wonder if that's what these families are trying to get done. Because when you when you talk about Batman stuff, I can't remember. Um, like they, they always show who created Batman, right? And then it's mm-hmm. with somebody else. Now I forget the names of the two individuals, but the second individual had got like scrubbed out of history for a long time. Like he was not credited for a couple sure. of create Batman. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. And I don't know if monetary compensation comes with that, but that I wonder if people are trying to get a little more credit. Yeah. I, yeah. Everyone wants some credit. Everyone wants some paper. So I can't really, uh, can't really mm-hmm. fault them there. Uh, trending now, moving forward, but we're going to stay with Marvel here. Uh, Marvel's What If, Season 1, Episode 7, uh, Thor's an only child, and why? Why Why do we need this? That's my question, not what if, but why. <laughs> I don't 
I, I thought that the, the the idea of having all the different like villains and heroes across the galaxy and everything show up together in like under a different setting with like you know party setting was fun. Sure, like I don't mind mixing it up a little bit like that, but mm -hmm. it's it's an odd concept. Like why why do we care about this? I don't know what's going on here. You know, I thought it was kind of cool to see uh, giant frost giant uh, Loki, and then yes. he comes and opens his mouth, and then like they have that little sing off thing, which I hate. Like I, I don't know, this was just so bad. Natalie Portman, uh, Jane Foster's character, takes like a huge step backwards because if I'm not mistaken, she left uh, Thor because she was too much of like a damsel in distress, right? And didn't really have much mm. of a say. And it was only until they're like, okay, you could become like Lady Thor, um, mm. that you, you, you know, we can do this sort of thing, you know? Mm. Um, she'll, she'll probably drop a big bag on her too. And now, she, but now she's coming back and she's like walking beaver out towards Thor every time. You know, it's just like it, it, very, very obvious. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be. I mean, this is also a what if. So it's a little, this is not the Jane Foster that we're going to see. At least but not the she's main. Still, that's what I mean, though. But she's still voicing like the character. You True. Know? She's like yeah. lending the voices, which I'm surprised that she would do that. Like, after that's putting up that big of a stink. That's fair. I'm also surprised that Brie Larson didn't voice Captain Marvel because. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of them there too, and again, I wonder what the, you know how much money they want to invest into it because she was probably one of the only ones, right? Yeah, I haven't noticed anybody else who wasn't involved on a, on a character that they played in live action. And I actually like well, the, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. has. I meant, I meant more towards that episode. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. But I I, I thought Robert Downey Jr. was in. I, anyways, um, I actually mm -hmm. liked what they did with Carol Danvers here. I didn't hate – like I thought she played a decent role. Um, and the fighting stuff was fine, but just in general, the concept was just brutal and Thor sucked. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. I felt like they were leaning into that concept of, like, uh, Captain Marvel in the MCU, you know, kind of being, like, a stick in the mud and kind of being too rigid and, like, her kind of being the cop there. You know, like, I thought that was, that was kind of the wink and nod and there was a, that little bit of redemption factor when she comes out and ends up helping Thor with, with Lady Frigga right at the end and kind of, like, playing the cool role to it. But, you know, I think the idea of her being the party pooper is, like, Again, then like kind of making a wink and a nod to the crowd who were like, "Yeah, she, she that movie wasn't really good. I didn't really like that character." I'm interested. I'm interested where that ends up falling on our grading system and like that movie that you bring up because we because I know I gave yeah. it way too high of a grade when we first watched it. I think you I gave it a, like a high B, and I know, I'm pretty sure you gave it a B, right? Or was it a high C? I don't know. I have to go back and look. I I um, You're had a tough time enjoying that one. Your your grade was definitely closer to the original the score that I think I'll fall on. Uh, definitely closer than where I was, but yeah, not my favorite episode that we've gotten so far from What If. And I and I've definitely liked it a lot more than most of the guys in our uh, podcasting group. Yeah, and again, I think you know, you, you like that animation a little bit more, and, and that little bit. Yeah, I think it kind of is more in your wheelhouse with other stuff that you like. But sometimes I, I find myself like wondering, and Goo has asked this a while, like, who is this for? Again, some of the, you have some like adult themed jokes here, but it's like kid themed animation. It feels like in some degrees, but you get some big deaths, and then I just have a tough time wondering like who this is. Is this for the young Marvel fans? Is this for the long time Marvel fans? Is this for the comic book people? You know, like is this for the people who are obsessed with the MCU specifically? I, I don't really know. I mean, I get the impression that it's for people who have liked comics for a long time. Um, and then people who just want more of characters that they love, but like 
they don't necessarily like they just want to see him in a different setting. They just want to see him in a different light. And then it's just you yeah. take him and you twist it a little bit. Not it's not I'll tell you who it's not for. And it's not for somebody who cares about what does it all mean. Who like that uh, is, yeah, who, that, me. yeah. who that is their top priority. If you care about that, then then it's not for it's absolutely and that's your number one thing, it's not for you. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's and I think that's for that's where I'm at here. Uh, yeah. But we are getting again. Maybe what does it all mean here? Uh, Ultimate Vision uh, in, in episode eight here. So again, looks kind of cool. We had a teaser poster of it. It was teased at the end of episode seven. Uh, any thoughts about that at all? Yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I have no like in terms of what to expect and everything. I mean, you said it yourself before that the. Um, the uh well i mean actually we did see we have seen like the image of gomorrah and like thanos's armor right mm -hmm. so i would imagine we're gonna get some of that in this next thing right because it's the last episode right? or is nine the last episode there nine. nine there's yeah there's nine. a nine okay so i'm hoping that we i mean maybe then we get gamora maybe get a little bit more of that and then we kind of start to see dr strange come back in the mix right because we've expected him to kind of come back into the fray there was a poster right that teased mm -hmm. that so yeah I, I think so. I, I think, and again, we're still supposed to get the Gamora and, and the, uh, you know, Thanos armor, like you mentioned. And there's, you know, Goo had mentioned this during, and, and the other podcast, a more popular podcaster, What If We Talked About Marvel's What If, Would You Listen to Marvel What If podcast, finally getting it down eight episodes in. Uh, you know, is, is, is the, the zombie Thanos still rolling around? And if it, you know, if the last two episodes are going to be kind of paying off the teases, at the end of all of these previous episodes and something like that should kind of come back into the fold too. Yeah. Um, by the way, as a quick aside, Hawkeye is coming. Is that November or October that is coming? Uh, November 24th. Have you guys settled on a name already or no? I think we're, we're leaning towards hot guys talking about Hawkeye. Hot guys talking about Hawkeye. I, I love that. Right I yeah. love that. Did you come up with that or to go? Uh, I, I think I think we both came up with that on our own. I think when I messaged him, he's like, I was immediately thinking that too. So I think I think we got there together. On That's that. amazing. That's amazing. Synergy. It's a beautiful thing. That is a great name. Good uh, how about um, you know we got we got No Time to Die coming out. Uh, I believe also in November, November if not uh, late October. Of course, the uh, James Bond film, which would be the final James Bond film for Daniel Craig. Mm. So the search for the next James Bond uh, will begin next year, Nick. Who you got? Well, I know you have a few um, names that have been thrown around already, and one of them is Idris Elba, um, mm -hmm. who, I, who I would absolutely be interested in seeing him take on that role. And then Richard Madden, too, who, of course, is going to be in The Eternals, and which is coming up soon. I'm forgetting the date on that. But um, And then he was also uh, – what was the Stark, Stark son that he was? Um, but he was in Game of Thrones. Rob, mm -hmm. Robert Stark? Yeah. Rob Stark, yeah. Yes. I – between, see, I still lean towards Alba between uh, Elba, excuse me, between those two because I look at Madden and it's like, I mean, yeah, he can play a hero, but I can also kind of, I, I don't know, he doesn't, like, I don't know, he has like the jaw and everything for it. Don't get me wrong, he kind of has the look, but I could easily see him play the villain too with the way he does his hair. So I, I don't know, like I'm really nitpicking with him. Um, whereas Elba is like, I don't know, I don't. He has played villainous characters before too, but he doesn't strike me as a villain necessarily. So what I like the most about Daniel Craig hmm. is the um, physically imposing nature and, and bruteness that he brought to the uh, the debonair James Bond character. Now I don't know uh, the height uh, or of these these past the Roger Moore's, the Sean Connerys, the Pierce Brosnans, but 
I want a big kind of brooding, uh, strong jawed uh, uh, James Bond. So I, I love the idea of a Henry Cavill. Um, I also like Idris Elba too. I think he kind of fits that mold too, as as an out of the you know not your typical uh, cut from the same cloth type of uh, James Bond. Uh, but Richard Madden, I don't get that. I see him as kind of more of a puny person. See, uh, okay, this is where we're okay. So I'm looking at Craig right now, and he's definitely not like tiny. But I don't look at him and think Henry Cavill or Tom Hardy. I don't. I don't know how tall Tom Hardy is. I feel like he's short. But they're both. Yeah, like, I think I think he is short too. But but I think he's ripped, and and we hadn't really got that from previous Bonds. Okay, but Hardy. I feel like Hardy's more. He's even like bigger. Like I've seen. Like right. I, I think when I think of Hardy, I think of Bane more than mm-hmm. anything. Like in terms of his look, and Cavill's kind of got a similar build. Obviously, a lot taller. But like I, when I think of James Bond, I still think of as much as. He's not like this puny dude. I think of him a little bit more as like slick, like right. Ryan Reynolds type build. I would never want Ryan Reynolds as that character. That's why Madden makes sense to me. And I feel like Elba can kind of operate in that middle ground as much as he's usually bigger. Mm-hmm. But Hardy and Ca- Hardy, no, and Cavill, definitely not for me. Well, so I get, I see what you're saying. So if you want someone to be a spy to blend in and plain sight, you kind of want more of an everyman, right? Henry Cavill will definitely stick out, right? Mm. Uh, Tom Hardy will definitely stick out. Idris Elba will definitely stick out. I think mm. uh, Richard Madden, you might be onto something there with that. Then I'll, I'll proceed that. What about Tom Hiddleston, uh, who I think definitely has that type of uh, uh, you know silver tongue quick wittedness to him and again that debonair type of slick that looks good in a suit type of guy i feel what wes as we're talking as we're breaking it down more and really figuring out what we care about most with this i kind of like the idea of hiddleston more and more i didn't love it at first but yeah, i think it could work really well yeah it, he, it might be too much it might he might be too cheeky too corny you know uh, a little, little too much for that but uh yeah that, that could be an interesting take I'd be, I'd be, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'd be interested with any of these castings. I think Richard Madden is the. I want to say he's the least likely to happen because it wouldn't get a whole lot of buzz. But people yeah. are still going to care about James Bond. I think to some extent, no, you know, always. But I, I think, I think I'd like to see Hillson the most after talking to you about it more. That's 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 an interesting one. I'm eager to see what they come up with here. Right. Uh, speaking of eager, Nick, uh, we have Tiger King two set to release on Netflix November seventeenth. Um, you're interested in this? You want to know what's going on there? I am absolutely interested in this because if if Joe Exotic's going to be involved with this and we're going to get more from him, I absolutely want to watch it. I feel like uh, look, I know it's um it's been so long and it was such a crazy thing and it just died off, but a year after it happened, I went back and rewatched the entire thing. And I think that's something I'm going to do going forward. Like I it's just it was such a wild phenomenon and it was at such a strange time you know, in our world that like, yeah. I'm always going to have feelings about Tiger King. I don't know if this, if this, I'll probably watch this the whole way through. And if it sucks and they do a third thing, I probably won't watch that, but I'm never going to not, I'm always going to care about one. And because of that, I got to give two a try. So if this is like a, a one-on-one interview, a la Joe McHale, a look back at the, you know, oh, yeah, with, no. with the side people that I'm, I'm totally, I don't think I, I want anything to do with this. I think my yep. interest in Tiger King was, you know, swept up with everyone else around March, 2020, April, 2020. Um, and then I was, you know, a little bit intrigued to see the Joe McHale stuff to keep, keep kind of going on here. And then you hear about Nicolas Cage and they, they greenlit the movie to, to kind of play uh, Joe Exotic and his story, the Tiger King story. 
And now I don't even care. I don't even think they're continuing to do that movie anymore. I think they dropped no, that. They, they dropped it. They dropped it. And I, I agree with you 100%. If they go and do a Mikhail type thing again, which it won't be over Zoom, but if they involve him again, I'm not going to be interested in all that was terrible that is is like brutal to go back and watch the rest of it is outstanding and i am I'm, you know if they do it in a similar format where it's more documentary style i'm interested like that's that's what i want but if it's i mean they're not gonna do a zoom thing again like they did with mikhail but i just that was so terrible but it was just it was so forced it was jammed in and then every, you knew everybody's gonna watch it yeah and i i just think you know part of part of the the beauty of tiger king is that it it, it came out of nowhere, right? No one really knew what to expect, even though these characters in some sense were kind of high profile names before national cases and new and news reports and Carol Baskin and all that type of stuff, right? A little bit beforehand. But um, I also, you know, I, I think this time around, people are going to be a little bit more guarded about what they say or a little bit more aware that everybody is watching. And that makes it feel a little less organic. It feels a little bit more orchestrated at that point. Hmm. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. what, like Joe Exotic is very aware of his own thing and like his own True. appeal to the masses. So like, he's going to be playing that up here as opposed to just getting interviewed for something that maybe someone will watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. This is true, and I think with everybody else, I agree with you. Every other character or whatever, these are all real people, but they are characters. Yeah, yeah. But like every other individual involved with this, I agree with you. But Joe Exotic already plays his shit up all the time. I mean, I don't know how yeah. much. And if he plays it up more, that might be a whole other sight to behold too. So I, I, I'm, I'm still interested. I still absolutely want to give it a shot. I don't expect that we're going to devote an episode to it. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not open to that, but – I. Would think I'm definitely going to give it a shot, and I think if, if we enjoy it or if it's a complete train wreck, I think one or the other, uh, it, it might be worth an episode. I think anything in between Mama Bear's Porridge, and I think we just say, eh, maybe not. Yeah, I don't think – and I have a hard time imagining it's anything but like awesome or absolutely terrible. Yeah, hot garbage, can't miss, got to watch it, or, just, or it's, it's gold. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's move over to the comic book minute ahead mm -hmm. of our main topic today. So a couple big things in comics this week. So for DC, we have Deathstroke Inc. Issue 1 coming out. I actually got a chance to read this already. Review is going to be up on Geeks Worldwide by the time you guys are listening to this. I uh, really enjoyed the first issue. I thought it was a, a rock-solid start uh, to the start of the series. I've been waiting for Deathstroke, Deathstroke stuff for a while. We have Black Canary in this out as well. And I think we're, we're going to deal with some serious stuff with Slade Wilson. It's also – they're going to have like a fun time. Like there's definitely a little bit of like – goofiness to some extent um to the start it's not uh, goofiness isn't the right word but they like they, they're definitely like, they don't want to go and be like too overbearing with a serious uh like what the whole story is about um as for marvel Wintergard Wintergard issue two that's elena belovis like she's leading that title and i think we saw black widow last issue that the second issue of that comes out this week then we got wolverine 16 of course benjamin percy who we had on tldr a little while back and then we have die issue 20 this is the final issue of dies an image comic series by kieran gillen and stephanie hans joe talked about this on the show a long while back i gave it i ended up going back and reading it and i've absolutely loved this ever since i picked up the title it's it's outstanding i would think this gets turned into a movie at some point or one of those like um what is it one season shows you know what i mean like like they're doing mm -hmm. with nine perfect strangers where it's just eight episodes then that's the whole show that's it i can see one of those two things happening and i i would, I think it would be it could fit either way, but definitely 
Um, not like multiple season show, but very excited for that. And for TLDR, Joe and I are doing our October solicit with this being the last week of September. I love it. That, that sounds like uh, can't miss stuff over there in TLDR. Uh, airing right. every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. The only, the only DSG show on uh, Wednesday followed by the What If – I'm not going to try yet. Uh, the What If <laughs> podcast that comes on Thursdays. Yeah, you're close. That's there. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Thank you. I was, I was worried there. But anyways, <laughs> it's time for the main topic, Wes, which I am very excited for. It took a little bit of legwork on our ends to, to get this together. But what are we doing today? Yes. the uh, I think the big thing we learned is that we can't trust algorithms here. You know, uh, first and foremost, you know, we see Boston Dynamics with these robots here doing uh, Gangnam Style. And that's cool, right? They're doing parkour and all that stuff. Meanwhile, they can't even take a simple algorithm on Google Sheets and and uh, figure that out. So, yeah, uh, you know, let's not be too worried just yet. But uh, nevertheless, we're discussing best actors to play multiple comic book roles. Of course, uh, with Venom, Let There Be Carnage coming out this weekend, I believe October 1st, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, is uh, with Tom Hardy, of course, who's played Venom and Bane. So uh, he may appear on this list here, this, this mm -hmm. definitive list of 21 actors and actresses here. Yes. Uh, so Ooh, put, a little different of a list here, I see, actually. What, yes, what we, that's what I texted you about. So you have the one th – that's the correct list. The top. That top one is the adjusted list, yes. Got it. With, yes, I went back and looked. So when Wes and I were putting it together, we had a little peek behind the curtain. We have – we have what I think we ended up having 20. I cut it off at 20. I cut off my 20, the 21st one on the list. Mm -hmm. That was one of mine. Um, and, and when you look at – and we'll go through our honorable mentions and everything, but – we had somewhere West rank people and I didn't and vice versa. And we're trying to do this by golf score. So I guess we're going to have to talk to Rossi or, or goo maybe at some point, cause they're the math wizards, I guess in the DSG, because mm -hmm. I try to do it by golf rules, but then by golf rules, people who don't get a ranking would end up being better because it's like a zero. So that was not correct. Well, at, at least according to, uh, you know, uh, the, the algorithm that we put in, in Google Sheets. Well, I just did, you know, your score plus my score divided by two. I fucked up on the end. But either way, it did work out in the end because we ended up coming, we ended up ranking nine individuals. We both did. And then mm -hmm. the 10th ended up being your highest ranking um, because you had the highest ranked person that didn't also receive a ranking from me. So we want to do the top, like, where do we want to start on this list? We want to do, or start from the bottom at 20 or do we want to start at 10 and then kind of go from, You'll go back Let's later. start at a uh, full dozen here. I, I, you know, full dozen at 12. Okay, so number 12 is actually one of my nominees. And this goes to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays the comedian in Watchmen, right? The Watchmen movie. And then he also plays Negan in The Walking Dead. Um, West did not give him a ranking. I gave him an also eight. Thomas Wayne, right? How about some love for Thomas Wayne? Three comic book uh, roles. That is one of those that I, I had forgotten. Yes, he plays Thomas Wayne, of course, very briefly. But I would love, love, love to see him play Thomas Wayne's Flashpoint Batman. That would be so sick. He he would kill that role. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I think his the role he's most known for, of course, is Negan. And then I mean, comic book adjacent too, but not a comic, not not something he's going to get on this list for was um, oh my god, Supernatural. He was the he's the dad. He's the father Winchester in um, is it Thomas Winchester? I can't remember, but I only watched some of that show. Anyways. West, you don't watch The Walking Dead, so why would you put yeah. him on this list, right? I, of course, do watch that show. 
this was uh, not ranked for me. Uh, that was this was your number eight. I loved him as a comedian. Loved him, you know, as, as Thomas Wayne. I think people look at him as almost like the perfect casting. And, and again, that's something that you know a lot of people would have wanted uh, out of the Flashpoint series. I don't think that's happening, right? I, 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 well. It's, well, it seems like Michael Keaton would uh, give us reason to not think we're going to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan pop up as Tom, you know, as as, as a Batman character. But yeah, yeah, but, but you know, we move forward here with uh, our number eleven and the Walking Dead co-star, right, with John Bernthal, uh, who again I didn't have him right. I just haven't watched uh, the Walking Dead, so I didn't feel comfortable to, to putting him on the list. Uh, but you had him high at number six, and of course, playing the Punisher. Uh, which I think uh, on the Marvel Netflix series, which really set him apart from a, a lot of other people here. Yes, and I actually initially forgot to include him on the list. Wes, I, we, you know, as we were going through everything, Wes actually brought him up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I forgot he played Shane in The Walking Dead because mm -hmm. he was out. I think he was out after. I think it was season two, and then when you look at the comics, that character was killed off very early. But he is a real pain in the ass. But he's just somebody that you cannot help but pay attention to throughout the course of the show. And I will say that there really is some, anything that he does, right? I mean, he just yes. kind of has that charismatic uh, quality. When you look at um, his character in Fury, which does not, you know, pertain to this conversation, but we look at how he acted it out. There is, there are a lot of similarities between Shane Punisher and his character in Fury. You know, you know, that's just portrayals. That's just, you know, commentary on his acting. Those characters are all different. But I would even say Wind River too. Have you seen Wind River? I think that's I on that on Netflix now. Wind River is that was that uh, Elizabeth Olsen is a terrible Sher Taylor Sheridan movie. Uh, very very good, highly recommended. But uh, oh, he's yeah, a very yeah. like type of like Grizzly Adams badass type of guy. But yeah, you know, has a heart of gold. He's a good person at, at the end. Of it. Yeah. He's in that. I remember Jerry Renner's in that. I didn't really. I forgot. That. I haven't seen that in so long. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he plays uh, the the dead girl's uh, boyfriend. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, of course, love his portrayal of Punisher. Thought he was awesome in that mm -hmm, role. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so he so he lands just outside our top eleven. I think if Wes watched The Walking Dead, I don't blame you for not watching. A lot of people fell off on that. Never mind, give it a shot. Um, but I'm a big zombie guy. Well, there you go. But if you, I think that if you had watched it, then he would probably crack the top ten on this list. Yeah. But you didn't watch it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but at Kraken number 10, and again, so this is something we have yet to come into contact with uh, some either one that we agree on here. But number 10 is Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, who, of course, played Janet Van Dyne most recently in the MCU in the Ant-Man series. Uh, but hitting the way back machine, uh, the first to do Catwoman and Batman Returns really do it well. Uh, she was wearing the shit out of those uh, leather latex uh cat bodysuit that she had going on there so uh she could whip me any day so huh, when we talk about we talk about an individual who could be should be higher on this list it's probably michelle pfeiffer probably falls under that because i liked her portrayal of, of janet van dyne but i honestly forgot about it i remember catwoman and i'm like why I, honestly when you had her there west i'm like why is she on this list what the hell i had to ask you before the show by that time it's too late for me to change my grading but yeah, so the, I, I dropped the ball on this one. I loved her in Ant Man in the second Ant Man movie, Ant Man and the Wasp. So um, yeah, I'm a little, yeah. little embarrassed by that one. No, she, I thought she was great. And again, just just to kind of touch on Batman Returns, there. I mean, really, I, I feel like I've heard uh, uh, Goose say this that it's not really a Batman movie. It's really you know a uh, uh, Penguin and, and Catwoman story there. And her as Selena Kyle, I'm kind of seeing her her kind of uh, origin story, so so to speak, come to life on the big screen. 
uh, she did a really good job. I don't know if she should have been drinking milk so much as she was, uh, but she might be the best cat one we've had on the big screen yet. Yeah. I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan. Yeah, and yeah, and then there's another one that's you know at least uh, a nomination for this list, but probably not on. She's, the an, list. she's she's a name on the list. She's she's a name. She's a, she's a, she's maybe an honorable mention, but uh, but we, we'll we'll get to that later on. Uh, number nine. So this is the first individual on this list that received at least a top fifteen vote from mm-hmm. the both of us, and this goes to Idris Elba, um, who of course was in the Losers. Mm-hmm. It was available on Netflix now, who was also in The Suicide Squad, which I may or may not have forgotten about when I first did these <laughs> rankings. But either way, I still think he's in a good spot on this list. That's why that makes sense. And then he also plays Heimdall in Marvel in the MCU. Yeah, and he is now Deadshot. Is that right in, in uh, Suicide Squad? Not Dead Deathstroke. No, B- Bloodsport. Deadshot Bloodsport. Is, is, is Will Smith. I th- those three characters all feel like the same type well, of person, the same yes. type of quality. To well, me, you've you got know? two individuals that have you know a similar name, and then Deathstroke and Bloodsport have have a similar look. Right. So yeah. It's a lot. yeah. So the, and the Vi- Venn diagram DC villains—they all meet in the middle there somewhere. But again, I thought they do a great job of that. And Heimdall, although very useless, yeah, you know, I'm not sure what like, in, in the MCU. You know, Idris Elba kind of cool, but doesn't you know kind of gets put on the shelf for a little bit and gets brought back. Uh, and Thor Ragnarok and kind of gets a nice comeback story. But again, for a big actor who plays this kind of small bit role, ultimately in the first two movies, um, you know, they cut the dreads off and suddenly he's like, you know, gets a little bit more of a bigger role here. I think he's underutilized in the MCU. I still think he has a cool character, cool aura, and that's just Idris Elba. That's what you're going to get. Um, but in The Losers, that's a movie that we haven't talked about much on the show. That's a Vertigo comic series that's on Netflix now. And I actually haven't read this series. I, w- I will read it, I think, for TLDR at some point. But the movie came out years ago and actually features another person on this list that I forgot about when I did this rankings. Not going to impact my ranking for that individual. Um, but, the, but yeah, Idris Elba was in that movie. Really cool. Um, really cool movie. I, I rec- and look, it's from a different time. I think that's pre MCU or very early on, like from when the MCU started. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be of this like same quality. It's a lot more shoot 'em up and like you know joking around and all that kind of stuff and busting balls. But it's it's still it I loses. still enjoy- yeah it, exactly. So I really enjoyed that um, that movie. But yeah, so that that's so Idris Elba is number nine on our list. Love it. And then someone very uh, near and dear to our hearts, uh, maybe an unpaid spokesman for Dunkin' Donuts coming in at number eight, uh, Ben Affleck, who, of course, starred in Daredevil, the flock Daredevil on the big screen. And then arguably the best Batman Bruce Wayne we've had. Well, he definitely has the best look. There's no question about that. He has the best look. And I will say that Zack Snyder's Justice League redeemed his portrayal of the character because Mm -hmm. I was very frustrated with what he looked like in the original Justice League League movie. Um, But you gave him nine, the the number nine spot on your list, and I I actually put him at number 12. He was outside of my top ten because I – that Daredevil movie was so bad, and he's just so like, eh, eh. So vanilla, I feel like in that movie. Um, yeah, I I think he's he's got a good look though. I think he kind of looks the part. Even then, before he kind of got really uh, thick, you know, I think even back then he played a, a pretty good, um, you know, daredevil. That I think he kind of looked the part. I, I, I like Charlie Cox performs obviously ultimately better 
Uh, but him taking on the Daredevil role, again, pre-MCU rise there, um, and then coming on to take you know, a lead role in Batman. And and again, when, when I say Batman, I think that Batman-Bruce Wayne combo is such a big thing. I think he's probably uh, the average best of, of those two when you put together. I think some previous ones have really done the Bruce Wayne thing well. Some have done the, the Batman thing really well. Uh, but he's probably the best average of the two. I think when I look at my list of, of characters of, of actors I have on here, Bernthal is one of those individuals that I have ahead of him. He was actually number Bernthal was actually seven on my list. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was ahead of him on my list, mm-hmm. um, and there was uh, I feel like there's oh, and there's one other individual who will get there, there's one other individual who we'll get to later who um, is is lower than those two guys on the list that I had ahead of Ben Affleck because like again I just like. Yes, he looks like the Batman the Animated Series version of Batman, a thousand percent, and I value that a lot. But like, it does not outweigh what he did as Daredevil, and that was so. I just yeah, I, I hear you too, and I think that's going to be coming up. Uh, one of the reasons why I ranked one of the the people coming up here at number six a little bit lower. Um, mm. Before we get to six, uh, number seven here, uh, we have Tom Hardy, of course, the the man of the hour, if you will, yes. starring as Venom. Um, and and doing some work as Bane in uh, the Dark Knight Rises here. Um, yeah, and I, I had him. Where, where do we have uh, him ranked here? You had him six. I had him yeah. eleven. So I so I'm a little, quite a bit lower than you did outside of my top ten. I still thought he was cut. Keeping him out of my top ten was difficult, but at the same time, like that movie hasn't withstood the test of time quite as well as much as I don't dislike it quite as much as everybody uh, else. The, the Dark Knight Rises? The Dark Knight Rises, yes. Yeah, and I then, don't think that's his fault. I think he's a great villain. I do that. think he's a good villain, and I think he put a lot of respect on Bane's name. And, of course, that name is like the, the, the voice that he does. is mm-hmm. you know, Everybody knows that. I mean, I don't like to throw Iconic around a ton, but, like, people like people talk about the Joker's lines and, like, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the lip smack and everything, but the voice that he does, too, is, like, very much you ever, oh, ever, ever a, a viral thing for a while you know i think there were apps that you could download to talk like bane yes. you know talk, just like that you know yes. uh but I, I think and i also think in venom he's done a, again a, a really good job with the character i don't think the movie um you know does the the character and the job and the actor any any favors in this um and i think both are kind of a victim of that but especially when, when you talk about in regards to bane um, how bad, what was it, was it Batman or Robin or Batman Forever that he was in, but how bad that first introduction of Bane was there right. and, and to get a, a uh, solid, uh, you know, depiction of that character. I think Matt and Goo uh, talked about in their episode this week available now is, is you know, good redemption arcs or characters who yeah. are done wrong, um, you know, uh, uh, comic book characters done wrong on the big screen. I think Bane was one of them who kind of had that nice redemptive arc. Yeah, I, that, that's that's a very fair point, and I don't hate seeing him this high up on our list as much as I had him four slots lower on mine. I think he's. I, I think it comes down to like, you know, how do you feel about all the other actors in the, on this list too? Because there are some other ones that I just feel a little bit more passionate about um, than than his role, his performance. But you know, if you ask me, like when that when he was first Bane, and then like, you mm-hmm. know you, you you have Venom mixed in there, or whatever. I, I absolutely loved that movie, The Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, yeah, no, I I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so it totally makes sense that, that that he's up on our list. Um, but just ahead of him at number six is the man who played Green Lantern. Um, and he played Deadpool. He loved the role of Deadpool so much that he played it twice. Um, yeah. and then he also played Hannibal 
is it hit? No, it's not Hannibal King. Is it Hannibal King? Oh man, I forgot this. Um, but it's Ryan Reynolds at number six on it. Yes, Ryan Reynolds, of course, uh, and, and very forgettable role in X Men: The Last Stand as that first iteration of Deadpool, uh, as well as uh, uh, the such a bad performance in Green Lantern that they haven't even decided to pick up a project yet of theirs. No, uh, and so, it, it, it was Hannibal King, and he's in the worst of all the Blade movies. Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, it also kind of like a Deadpool character. He's a swordsman with a smart ass mouth. Yeah, well, that character is supposed to be a vampire too, if I'm not mistaken. I know he's a vampire hunter, but I mean, like this, I haven't read a whole lot of Blade, but I mean, that's. I think it's just we're seeing Ryan Reynolds play a lot of Ryan Reynolds, but at the same time, right. when we talk about the impact that that guy has had, I mean, he, like when like with the MCU, they have done an outstanding job with casting, and then you have and you have some people, but you have some people who are like. Like Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man definitively. Chris Evans is Captain America definitively, right? Mm -hmm. Then there are some good castings mixed in throughout all this. But when you look outside of the MCU, Hugh Jackman, as much as he's a little tall for that role, he is definitively Wolverine. Ian McKellen's kind of there too as well. Um, And as much as I love Fastbender, Patrick Stewart too. But then Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. Mm -hmm. He he is right on that same level. And that had a huge impact on my grading. And that's why I ended up having him so high on my list. Um, I had him a little bit ahead of you. You had him at eight. I had him at five. I think the longevity or or the volume, again, was a big factor for me too. Because you mentioned uh, the Blade movies on top of uh, Deadpool twice. And then having a, a sequel the second time around also kind of goes a little bit further as an extra movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, whether bad or not, Green Lantern taking the chance and actually putting on the, the suit, so to speak, and giving it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that also goes up as, as longevity, you know, the, the hits may not be out of the park there, but it, it's still, it's a, a Craig Biggio type pick. For sure, yeah. <laughs> oh man, wow. Mm-hmm. I said it. Yeah, I said it. Wow, Ryan Reynolds is Craig Biggio of comic book actors. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Who, who we got? <laughs> That's probably a hot take. <laughs> it's 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 something. I I I, I I'm shocked by it at first, but I actually kind of like it. Um, all right, number five, who's a tick, who just actually just got edge out for the number four slide mm-hmm. based on our Mac and Goo, Mac and Goo, excuse me. Um, Will Smith who of course plays uh, Jay in Men in Black and was Deadshot in the all in the, in the, the original Suicide Squad movie. And he also played a comic book type character. He played a superhero in Hancock, of course, the title character, but that was not originally a comic book. Um, and I Am Legend was also a graphic yes. novel too. I forget which company that is. I'll look that up. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you know, he had all, all again, longevity is another big thing for him. He's got some star power. He's done, you know, the major blockbuster DC films with the Suicide Squad. Uh, so I think all that kind of plays in into the role. He's willing to do it. They want him in there. He's, he's a pretty good actor. I think he's done, you know, I, I think of I Am Legend. I think he did a great job with that. Hancock, I don't really can take it or leave it. Loved him as Agent J uh, and Men in Black there too. So he was very high up on my list. Uh, if, I, if I'm going back here, number five. Uh, number five. So I think this was originally a book and then became a comic which I, I do, I support that idea a ton. Like okay. you should absolutely do that kind of stuff. You're reaching out to a whole new audience. Um, and Steve Knox was one who adapted it. But yeah, as far as where I had him on my list, I had Will Smith originally not on my list because I forgot about I Am Legend, um, but I had him at number six because I didn't think men, in, I never read men, the Men in Black comic, um, but it, that was a comic. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, and, and, and I, when you talk about the Men in Black movies, 
he's who you're going to see it more than anybody for. So, so Jim West, uh, Wild Wild West, was that a comic or was that a TV show? Oh, uh, give me a minute. I don't, I don't know. I never saw that one. Um, yeah, we'll take a look. That was that was another adaptation, uh, adapted role that he he went on. Of course, when it's good, uh, but uh, nevertheless, it looks like um, it was a TV show first. It's a TV show. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, number four, I think this is where uh, we start getting to some really good stuff here. Uh, we have Hugo Weaving, yes. uh, who of course played V for Vendetta, playing V there, uh, as well as Red Skull. Yes. Uh, in in uh, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, who could have went on, you know, to have a really actually interesting role in the MCU if he wanted to actually wear the makeup. Yes, and look, when we talk about Hugo Weaving in these two roles, um, I think the, I know that Captain America: The First Avenger is not incredibly high in our CMM MCU uh, rankings, and that's right. right, rightfully so. But I do think he got that villain correct, and I think it's a villain I would have liked to see more of in the MCU. Mm -hmm. That's more just about like it's origin stories, and that's going to happen, right? We run into those issues. But when you look at V for Vendetta, that is an all-time movie. That's an all-time comic book movie. If we were, we I don't think we've done that yet on our show where we've ranked all the comic book movies ever made. Um, I think yeah, that's that's a big undertaking. Yeah, we've done some stuff, but anyways, we'll, we'll, maybe after we do all the Marvel rankings, we'll, we'll get to that at some point. But his V was outstanding, and I mean, look, a lot of that's got to do with the writing and everything like that. I imagine it has an impact to him having the mask on, you know, instead of makeup. But right. I, I, that movie's, I believe that's back on Netflix. But I, that's yeah, I mean, it was it was for a long time. Of course, Natalie Portman there, uh, you know, yes. paints a uh, eerily similar picture to what's got on the last year and a half or so too. So uh, very very odd about Ooh. that. True. Pathetic even. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Hugo Weaving coming in at number four here, uh, slam dunk pick. And, and number three, um, you already mentioned him. And again, when you talk about certain characters being tailored or certain actors being tailor made for roles, um, and I think Chris Evans and Captain America are certainly that. But, uh, you know, maybe one of the better and more memorable parts uh, from the original Fantastic Four series where, as yes. a human torch. Yes, I actually think he he was if when you I, I always I ne was never a big Fantastic Four guy. I don't like Mr. Fantastic whatsoever, but I always kind of like Johnny Storm and I you know the 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 who didn't like Johnny Force. Storm, right? I think everybody wanted to be him. And the thing too. I also mm -hmm. liked him. I always thought he was pretty cool as much as I wouldn't want to be the thing. Um but I and I do think that Chris Evans did well in that role. You know, as is much as that movie, those movies stink, and I'll probably never watch them again. It would take a lot for me to watch them. But he was also in The Losers. You had him, you had Idris Elba, and you had another act, an actress who's at least going to get mentioned on this list uh, in our top twenty, but did not crack our, our dozen, our top mm -hmm. dozen. But um, but yeah, and then actually, oh, there was another actor in there who I'm forgetting. I think it was Benicio del Toro. Who actually is not featured on our list, but he's also there. No, it wasn't. Right. There. Well, I, I got a question for you. Why, why are you looking this up? Isn't Snowpiercer also a uh, comic book or, or graphic novel? I believe. Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is also in. Um, that's who it was. See, yeah, oh, see, that's, just cracking the twelve. Yes. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who did crack the top twelve, and I would not have changed his ranking for where he was because um, I, I, I ended up putting him at my number eight. But he was the lead in the loser. So you have four people on our list. Three in the, in the in our top dozen that were in the loser. So I, I check. it's on Netflix right now. Check it's on it out. Netflix. Yep, Netflix right now. I had a little nice little bump recently where I was in the top ten. But yeah, Chris Evans, and that's a different Chris Evans, and it's more like what you saw in Knives Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like uh, not another team movie. Kind of, kind of douchey. Kind of like a uh, jock, right? 
A little bit. Well, yeah, yes, yes, more along those lines. Well, yeah, we'll leave it at that. You guys will have, you'll have a fun time. I recommend that to you to us. I think anybody okay. would enjoy that. Um, but we were really close on that. We're weaving. I had him at three and you had him at seven. We were three and four on Chris Evans. So I think we were, you know, we got this one right in the end. Um, yeah. Number two, our, our top two, we were in lockstep on. Uh, yeah, and I just wanted to double check that uh, Snowpiercer was a graphic novel too. So that's another role that Chris Evans uh, played in Knocked Out Park. Uh, that might jump up uh, in uh, in the rankings mm. for that here. But uh, yeah, well, I think we're in agreement in one and two here, kind of going in perfect lockstep. Number two, uh, Michael Keaton, Batman '89, to many regard to be the best Batman uh, of a of a certain age, right? If, if you're of a certain age, you probably think he's the best Batman. But also uh, in charge of really uh, uh, pushing the MCU villains um, into the positive plus category, right? With his take on Adrian Toomes and the Vulture. I'll tell you what, man. He uh, the rewatch was so important for me for appreciating mm-hmm. Michael Keaton and how and him as an actor in general. I mean, I didn't think he was a bad actor or anything, but just he. I, I didn't love his Vulture originally. I wasn't as hooked on it as everybody else was. And man, after rewatching it, it's like this is. Yeah, he's definitely one of the absolutely. I would say he was one of the better MCU villains. He's an elite MCU villain without question in my mind. And of course, I don't need to say any more about his Batman stuff. As much as I've had you know issues with him not ever watching a freaking comic book movie or whatever, um, I still think he does a really good job in these roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, he kind of has you know he's not not a classic good looking guy like a Chris Evans might be, but he has again that charisma. On screen, when you see him, you, you kind of pay attention to him. You're, you're, you kind of, he kind of has this uh, uh, magnetism to him. Yes. You're, you're just kind of drawn to it. So um, I, I love it. I, I, he's a he was you know a former stand comedian too. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where he gets some of this uh, ability to ad lib and maybe play off people and kind of do uh, you know maybe uh, some some improvising and that sort of thing. I think uh, I appreciate him because he doesn't go chasing waterfalls. That would probably be the biggest thing. Oh, see, there you go. See, very funny guy, but he can do the serious role too. Kind of do the brooding thing as well. Yeah. Very, very good. I can't go wrong with Michael Keaton. Also, I know this isn't a comic book uh, role or movie, but Birdman, where he plays uh, yes. an actor uh, who was playing comic book roles, right? So, again, yes. it's, it's kind of adjacent there. Yes, and it makes sense. It's very fitting for him to take on that role. Sounds like he's living right. out his own life. So yes, yes, yeah, that, that is a great call. Um, before we get to our number one, our unanimous number one, yes. would you want to go through our other, the rest of our top 20 and also our honorable mentions too, right? Yeah, just, I, I think we can, a couple names here that, that we liked. Uh, I had uh, at my uh, number 10, but was thrown off there because he didn't have it right. It was, was Tilda Swinton. Uh, who played the two very unique roles, maybe not memorable roles, maybe not great roles, but I think they're uh, unique in the sense that she played the ancient one in, uh, in, in uh, why am I think, uh, Avengers Endgame there, right? Doctor Strange. Yes, Doctor uh, Strange. But she also played Gabriel in uh, uh, Keanu Reeves' Constantine. Yep, that's Which a is great She played two you know, classic male roles as, a, as yes. a woman. I think that's kind of worth noting in a comic book setting. Yes, and it's even. I think the Constantine one's even more interesting because it's like it's still Gabriel. The ancient ones, like you can easily just rewrite it and say like you can do that with characters, right? You can just say mm-hmm. that they're a woman, but like Gabriel, it's still Gabriel's a guy's name. So like Gabrielle right. is the female name. So I, I think that's a that was an interesting move and definitely one that I overlooked in the course of all this. Yeah, uh, I mean, also I had uh, J.K. Simmons, who you know, of course, played Commissioner Gordon. A couple of nice, like, bit characters in in comic book uh, settings and have a, a lot of fame behind them, right? Commissioner Gordon uh, in, in in the uh, Batman versus Superman uh, remakes. There, 
uh, Justice League remakes, as well as, why am I thinking, that J. Jonah Jameson, who's reprising that role in the Spider-Verse. Right. Yes. Yes, he is. That's right. Yep. We got him back in the MCU. I love that. He's, he is the, like, when you think of J. Jonah Jameson, I mean, 100%. Right. Like, that's you, him. You can't put him on Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman level. However, when you talk about side characters, he mm-hmm. is, like, He's the top of that list when, like, when you're talking about that kind of conversation. So, I, yeah, right. I, a thousand percent. Uh, he, he's not someone I would put on this list, but I definitely appreciate him. If we were making a side character thing, he would be there. Although, I one of mine is that that, that was on my short list of uh, fifteen is a guy who's mostly played side character roles, but he did have one more of an important role in the recent mm-hmm. Side Squad movie. David Dasmalchen, uh, who's in Ant Man, he's in The Dark Knight. And he's in Suicide Squad as the polka dot man. So yeah, he's mm-hmm. I mean, he was the you know Baba Yaga, of course. From he talked about all that in, in the second, I think it was the second Ant Man movie, right? That's kind of yeah. why he stood out more. Yeah, no, and I, I think uh, those again, you talk about the volume there and his yes. willingness to do it. Uh, you know, now for some reason, I, I think it's again his face uh, and 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 in the Dark Knight, there was such a big close up on his face there that it's memorable, but yes. it's really not a character. I'm not even sure if that character had a name. Uh, I don't think I think he did because you like they said his name because it was like a, a right, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's just, one of the minds that the Joker yeah. attracts, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's exactly what it was. Um, Natalie Portman was also my shortlist at number 14, mainly for her role in Beef Vendetta, less so because of Jane Foster, but still mm-hmm. took on both. Michael B. Jordan was also on my list, but I have never seen his his, his Fantastic Four, so I can't give him, oh. I can only put him so high. But he's obviously Killmonger. He's, he's going to make my short list. bring it down if you watch it. So it's so, best that you don't. Exactly. But then but the highest one that did not make the our, our dozen for me, I want to make good on this tease from the losers, um, mm-hmm. also played Gamora, Zoe Zaldana. And I and I thought she was – she's really – she's a hmm, – it make like knowing she's Gamora. It makes sense what she plays in the Losers, but still, a diff- it's not the same exact character. I don't want to go and say that, but yeah, I uh, again, I haven't seen the Losers. She's great as Gamora, so I, I didn't even know she had another role to her belt. That's why she was off, off my list there. Think about um, the cast though, West. That's that's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans, Idris Elba, I love and it. Zoe Saldana. I love it. I think that's that's a great one. Um, I, I had Willem Dafoe as my fourteenth. Uh, of course, uh, you, you get him as Green Goblin, who's going to be reprising that role in No Way Home. But also as the Ocean Master, uh, one yeah. of the best characters from, from uh, Aquaman <laughs> there, so why not? One of the absolute best. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Didn't forget at all that he had that role. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here. Any, any other uh, honorable mentions you want to you want to mention? Honorable? Well, um, I think there are some that would maybe fall under the, ra- fly under the radar a little bit. Excuse me. Um, you have Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Who was who was also who's um in Daredevil and all the the, the Marvel Netflix shows? She was also in Sin City, sure. as was Jessica Alba, who was also in Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. as was Mickey Rourke, who was also in Iron Man too. Sin City also on Netflix, awesome. I think that's Mark Millar. Uh, yeah, and I think the second one has, has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there, uh, who of course oh. plays uh, you know your your Robin, uh, quote unquote, in, in The Dark Knight Rises. Samuel Jackson's a guy you might not normally think of, but he was also in the Kingsman, the first Kingsman movie. That's right. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, I'm forgetting what uh, role Jeremy Irons was, but I know he was. Um, what's his name? He was not Commissioner Gore. Alfred. 
Uh, he was also Alpha, but I can't remember what his other name was, so I apologize for that. But David Harbour and Ron Perlman have played in two comic book movies. Of course, they were both Hellboy. David mm-hmm. Harbour, much better. Well, I don't think he was necessarily the worst uh, uh, Hellboy, but the makeup definitely restricted things. But it's just like they did it more for the people who read those comics instead of mainstreaming it, kind of like what they did with Ron Perlman's, which I think was a better fit as much as – but that's another conversation for another day. Um, but he was Red Guardian. Ron Perlman was in one of the Blade movies, which is very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other good ones. Um, there, there are a few others, uh, but Stephen Amell, who was in uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, I think he was um, – I mean, Casey. I think that was like the most recent iteration, but he was also Green Arrow. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you, those, you got your Michael Jai White who makes his appearance as Gamble, uh, and, and also uh, – what do you got there? Uh, Spawn. He's also Spawn, and he is um, – he's also in the um, – in the Green Arrow show, he was Bronze Tiger. Oh, okay, I love yes. that. Pretty cool character too. I would like to see. Him. I would like to see him show up again. All right, I think that's enough honorable, sir. What do you say we get to our top uh, selection here? Our number one actor who has played multiple comic book movie roles. Nick, give it away. It is Josh Brolin. Of course, he plays <laughs> Thanos and plays Cable. I would say Cable is actually his interpretation of the character. I would say it's probably like an A A minus, and then I think Pretty Thanos, good. and I think Thanos is as good as it gets. Period. So how can you not? It's like this is an easy no brainer. You're making this list. If he's not at your top, if he is not at the top of anybody's list, they're doing it wrong. Now, and, and is he also in line to play another villain uh, in the DC uh, universe? Um, let me look that up. I'm I not. Thought he was up for a role in, in the DC, but you know, again, when when you talk about oh, him he was. He was Jonah. He was Jonah Hex, which was a train wreck. But yes, yeah, okay. So, so there's the volume there, nonetheless. Here, mm-hmm. uh, but but you know, when you talk about him emoting Thanos and, and being able to relate and, and kind of empathize with to a degree, a big purple, uh, you know, ball chinian monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty CGI monster. I think yep. that's uh, lends to his acting ability, but also, um, again, you, you talk about his de- depiction of Cable. Yeah, pretty, pretty spot on. He has yes. that look there. And I've um, read quite, I've read quite a bit of Cable over the years. A character who I don't talk a ton about on TLDR necessarily, and I know, you know, it's more about him and Deadpool. Like that, it's more about the team than Cable as an individual. But Cable's mm-hmm. a pretty freaking cool character, and um, definitely one that I was I had high expectations for going to that movie. Seeing Josh Brolin casts him, you know, I felt really good about that, and he did not disappoint at all. So, yeah, I mean, he's he Brolin has come with heavy expectations because of the characters he's taken on. And he's and uh, you know Hex, I understand, but that's the movie sucked in general. I actually haven't mm-hmm. seen that, but I just know everybody disliked it. But those the other two movies were you know a performances. Can't go wrong. And again, uh, I, I love the Josh Brolin pick. A major character, uh, you know, major villain followed by a great depiction of a memorable character. I think that that uh, really you know gives him the cake. I think maybe a, a toss up when you talk about him and Keaton, but but I'm happy with it. Yeah, I still yeah, you could you could argue that there's a toss just because one played Batman, but I mean when you look at modern comic book movies, Thanos is one of the most important ones ever and as much as Robert Downey Jr is like the most iconic portrayal of a character of of an MCU character, I still think that you have to give it to Josh Brolin. Just, and, and also, it's a little thing, but we get the in, the in Deadpool 2, him playing Cable opens up a whole other thing where Deadpool can kind of like wink at the audience and like call him Thanos. So right. I, you know, that was that's another. I, I love that. Um, I Anytime he can break the fourth wall, I'm here for it. 
Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So uh, that is our list, and I guess you guys can right, Russ. They can let us know their lists. They yeah, want. let us know uh, what what you think of of our list, or anyone that we missed, or anyone that you'd like to add, or, or what where your top five, top ten are. Uh, hit us up at Twitter at Change My Mind Pod or at Fry underscore Guy One or at Wesley Sykes underscore, but mainly at Change My Mind Pod. Absolutely. And I will say there are other individuals who we did not mention that we had on our list, but of course, you know, timing and everything like that. If you have others who we left off that you think deserve to be in the top 15, well, you're going to give us your list. But if there are other interesting ones that we didn't mention, let us know because I'd, I'd love to know if there was actually people that we missed because there were some I missed originally too that I was stunned by. But. Yes, absolutely here. And I think it's time to get all aboard the train because uh, the train's about to leave the discharge depot. All aboard. Rah, rah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I laugh at that every fucking time. Um, I, I, but- Jules said she was listening uh, last week and she's like, I don't know that noise that you're making, but it's not uh, coming across like you think it is. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm doing it anyway. I just have fun. I don't think it sounds as much like a train as it does a um, like um, a tractor trailer. You know, like a, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, burr, yeah. Burr, yeah, yeah, that's all. I mean, but that's not. I mean, but it gets the job done at the end of the day. I think if, if you're if anybody spaces out when they listen to us, draw, brings our attention right back. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's what it's all yeah. about. But anyways, um, I so what did actually sorry, what have you been up to since we last did our episode? It's just more new home life continued. Again, I'm, I'm living out of boxes right now. I'm slowly, I'm putting together all the, um, you know, all the Ikea furniture and all that mm-hmm. stuff right now. So that's, that's all, yeah. It's, I'm just living out of boxes. I'm, I'm nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Are you tired? Yeah, I'm a little tired, a little worn out. It's been long. I bet. I bet. It's, all, it's a fucking lot. I can't, you're doing a fucking house. So I, I, I got to imagine that you're exhausted. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's fun. It's good stuff. I welcome it. It'll be yeah, it'll be worth it in the end because uh, I'm I, I mean I'm very happy for you guys and I and um, yeah well, you, you I, guys I, will have to come down uh, yes. very soon. I'm I'm very excited to see it when you guys uh, when you guys finish it all up. I'm not gonna also step get there before you guys are finished with. I wouldn't want to do that. No, yeah. no no no, that would be imposing. Yes, that would be that'd be very rude of me. Um, What's going on? What's good in your hood, Nick? Okay, so I finally finished the affair. Lauren and I mm-hmm. have been watching that. She she started watching that show, and I hopped on actually a little bit later. Um, now this is a show that's long been finished. I believe it was a Showtime show, but you mm-hmm. can watch it on Prime. And it was the last few episodes. We watched like I think the last four episodes in one day. Very emotional. Really enjoyed it. I I think that um if you're interested in like it, it just the show gets so messy. It's so infuriating at points. And there were times like I just like I, I can't watch this. Like I, I'd still watch it, but it's like I can't take some of these characters. But the way they bring it all together in the end is just like it, it's a real thinker in, in a lot of ways too. But it's 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 a fucking mess. I I, I just I'll put it simply, I love that show. Okay, I all right, to. I'm here for it. And I see the other thing that you have here, and I am pleasantly surprised. So, a scanner darkly. Have you seen that movie before? Oh yeah, it's very trippy. My brother like owned this movie like when I was still living at home, when I was in like, high school, or early college, and like I I had never watched it. I watched it and I thought it was weird. And then in college, I watched it, and I'm like, oh okay, I kind of I kind of like this. It's and then I've gotten back recently and rewatched it, and it's gotten better every time. So it's an oak. Sure. 06 movie starring Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., Winona Ryder, and Woody Harrelson. I mean, could you ask for a friggin' better trio of, of than Keanu, Woody, and Robert Downey Jr.? That is such an odd mix, but it's so perfect. And then Winona Ryder's got her you know, whole thing going on in it. But like, 
I I really enjoyed this. Um, and it's like motion capture, like, yeah. like animation, but not. So it's what it seems like to put to put it simply to people, I guess. If you're like trying to visualize this as you're listening to us, it's like the actors did acted everything out. They shot it all and everything, mm-hmm. and then basically they just put animation over the actors, where it right. looks like it's just like, like a filter. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a filter in, in, in ways. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've seen that uh, like in Snapchat or Instagram. But anyways, it, it I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, it's uh, very trippy to say the least. Yeah, yeah, very trippy. Um, isn't there like bugs crawling around in Keanu Reeves? Oh, and he's got his body and stuff. It's like very the, trippy stuff. Yeah, it's the, the the bug shit is the first thing that you see in this, and it is uh, it's pretty freaking gross. That that's for damn sure. But yeah, yeah, not a not a I, I like it's an unsettling movie. It's kind of uh, in the same ilk as like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, or along the lines of like. Um, it's another one that I'm like, reckoning for a dream. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen that. One. Un- uneasy, one. unnerving movies, but I like it. That one <laughs> is so, but that, that, that's on a, in a level of its own. But anyways, it is time, Wes, for... This week in the Shared Gooniverse. Alrighty, so Dork and Mac and Goo were kind of doing something a little bit similar. I think, so. I think Mac and Goo did it first, but I don't know who called Dibs first. Um, hashtag Dork did the is doing are doing the worst comic book characters, and then Mac and Goo are doing comic book characters done wrong. So that could actually be very easily be very different because there could be characters like. I mean, I'm not going to go and disparage Ambush Bug because obviously our former guy in the chair. That's why, why would we do that? No, we right. were not throwing stones. Of course. However, that could be somebody who falls on Dork's list, but not Mac and Goose. So I can see how there's a difference there, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make, and you want to get the news. You want to get David's video game minute. You want the pick of the pod too. So you want all that stuff. You want Mac Sack over on Mac and Goo. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sacks, I don't know what the hell's going on with the people for communism podcast. Um, this week, I, I just. I didn't think of I, – I just don't know. Like I, I, I thought they were doing something like politically related again, politically charged, and I, I'm not sure. No, and it's tough. Who knows what – if they're you know recording a podcast, if they're not, if they're taking a week off, I don't know. But nevertheless, in their feed, their latest episode right now is uh, a dirty work review in honor of the late, great Norm MacDonald. Uh, so uh, check that out and give that right. a watch. Uh, so right. definitely good, good stuff there. And if there's any podcast that mentions what they do at the end of the show, I know we do it every time too, but they do it. Like we sometimes do TBDs. They do it every single time. So yeah. <laughs> but anyways, every um, time. for TLDR, we are doing the October solicit this week. And then what is going on with what if we talked about Marvel's what if would you listen a Marvel? What if podcast? Yes. Uh, I, well, we may not listen. Uh, I'm not sure if people are listening because it's really just become a, a place where people come together and cope over how much they hate uh, Marvel What If or how disappointed they are. But we are doing episode eight, and hopefully uh, that won't be another therapy session. It'll be something fun to talk about. That would be great. Uh, and I know we're trending towards not wanting to do an episode on on our, on the show because I, – and I know you talk about it a ton already with Goo, so um, – but I hope that we get the last couple episodes. That, be great yeah, and, and, that. and maybe that it turns it around. I'd be more than happy to, to, again, vent with you through another therapist. You know, Goo is kind of my therapist here, and then I can go to see someone else and get a second opinion, and then we can well, cross notes. I would say if Goo is your doctor, then I highly recommend you seeing getting a second opinion. Good point. Um, good point. And, and then we have I've heard it both ways. The Pineapple Boys they have season three, episode six of Psych that they are discussing 
this week. And then you have the streamers. Davey is only on YouTube, on Dork's YouTube channel now. And then uh, you have Doc, uh, of course, Backcracker on, mm -hmm. on Twitch, and then Shime at Shime Time on Twitch. Make sure you guys go follow them if you're into Vigi games. Yes, absolutely. And then this week, as we already mentioned at the top of the program, I'm going to be re uh, reviewing Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, in theaters this weekend. I'm excited to go back in theaters and, and watch it once again. It's my second movie uh, in like three weeks, right, that I've seen that in theaters. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Um, I, obviously, we have some semblance of expectations, whether they're tempered, like you know, you're not expecting much, whatever it is. What do you anticipate your grade is going to be coming out of this movie? 75. Okay. I would, so you're, okay. I think, I would think I'm going to be somewhere between 75 and like 82. If I'm going to give it a, I'm going to say 80. I'm going to put it out right now. Yeah. I think if it's, if it's an 80, if it's a B movie, then it's done its job. It's great. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I just want it to be fun. I just want it to be action. I want it to be a good popcorn movie. That's great. That's all I want. I better like Carnage at the end of all this. That's all I really yeah. care about. I know there's going to be expectations low. Yes, we know there's going to be carnage, but am I going to like the carnage? Um, anyway, so until next week then. Uh, yes, yeah, same bat time, same bat place, mi amigos.